In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 33 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast and on Twitter at IYEpodcast. If you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists. Be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. And also, I just launched a brand new show called Indie Reviews, which debuted this week with my review for Baba Is You on Nintendo Switch. My goal with the In Your Element Indie Reviews shows is to deliver bite-sized episodes that run between 5 and 10 minutes and feature my full written review of the latest indie games. It's a show that will be airing in addition to the Prime and bonus episodes and won't be on a set schedule. Everything will be in the same feed, so you don't need to worry about subscribing to any additional shows. Uh, Other than that, on to today's episode, uh, which I am joined by my guest, Austin Elkins. Austin, how you doing, man? Hey, Matt. Chillin'. Uh, excited to be back on the show. Yeah, man. It's been a while. Last show you were on was way back in December during Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Time. That's right. I've been eagerly awaiting the invite back. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, as you know, I'm still the BR guy. So um, Fortnite still and especially Apex Legends. been playing a whole ton of that game. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the main game right now. And I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Sweet. Uh, yeah, for the longest time, uh, you've been playing Fortnite for a very long time uh, and gotten so much better over over the past year, I would say. Um, and then all of a sudden, you just flipped the switch and jumped over to Apex. And you've gone back to Fortnite, I've seen a couple times. But what is Apex Legends providing that you feel compelled to play that game more so now? I... Like you said, I've only played Fortnite like two or three times since Apex came out, and this is after playing Fortnite nonstop for over a year, mm-hmm. um, and that pretty much being my only and main game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of says something about the game that it makes me want to play it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's the movement. It's mm-hmm. the like something's really satisfying about. Like the damage output and the like, time to kill just feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, the different character abilities really makes it feel fresh. That was actually something that I was concerned would be like a detractor for me against the game. Like I, I've never been a fan of, a, especially something competitive shooter wise, sort of where yeah. people maybe have a leg up over you because um, they've unlocked a different character or they. Um, you know, spend more time in game or, or playing, like have a different ability or move set that you can't do. Right. Um, 
but I feel like the characters are pretty balanced. There's a couple that they've actually just added some balancing stuff to because mm-hmm. people weren't playing them enough. But yeah, I saw um, that. Overall, like the movement speed's the same for everybody. Everybody has the same base health. Um, so like the core gameplay is pretty much the same for every person. It's just like these different little moves that you can do to usually change your positioning better or mm-hmm. get a little speed boost or something. So I don't know. It, it just works for me right yeah. now and it feels good. And like any good BR, it feels really exciting when you, you know, beat everyone and ultimately win the match. Hell yeah. So that's what's got me sticking around for right now. Sweet. Yeah. I feel I'm... a little guilty um, <laughs> about Fortnite, especially right? after getting the free battle pass last season. Yeah. And having spent no time working on the progress for this one. So yeah. I'm uh I'll get back in before the season's over. Yeah. It's it's definitely a like a full time job to manage a battle pass, I feel. And having two games with two really stacked well, not so much stacked on the Apex side, but just so much content to unlock, it's really difficult to juggle that. And uh it's it's gonna be interesting to see how those two coexist going forward um especially next season when apex hopefully hopefully adds in some challenges that's been that's been the one thing that hasn't drawn me into the battle pass as much as fortnite's battle pass is the lack of challenges this season it just feels like super grindy and also it's it just seems like the time it takes to get one battle pass level in apex is significantly higher than what it would take in fortnite because of the lack of challenges yeah, I'm um I kind of go back and forth on it like as far as the battle pass on Apex it's definitely kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing I was really looking forward to and this is going to sound stupid but the uh extra um Apex packs that you get from it yeah. are kind of the main draw for me and especially yeah. the guaranteed epic and the guaranteed legendary item mm-hmm. from two of them. Yeah. Um I, I don't know, I'm kind of glad and not that the cosmetics are kind of bad so far like as far as the system goes because in Fortnite I spent way too much money on cosmetics because right. it was just like so enticing <laughs> yeah but yeah. like right now the apex ones are so bad as far as like how much it costs to unlock something yeah and how rarely their item shop changes mm-hmm. it's just like it's got me pretty far away from spending money I have spent probably about fifty dollars total on yeah. the game so far yeah which is pretty good for the amount of hours i've gotten out of it but mm-hmm. um i ashamed to say how much i spent on fortnite so, <laughs> that's okay uh, you can know. keep that you can keep that secret that's fine yeah <laughs> uh, yeah no i i agree though i feel the cosmetics i mean it's a free-to-play game so they need to monetize somehow um and fortnite is a game that i've casually been playing for uh, you know on and off over the past year as well I was definitely very invested in the first like three, four, five seasons uh, and then kind of dropped off just after other other titles were coming out last year and trying to spread my time around as, as much as possible. Um, but man, they are they still continue to put out some incredible um, uh, cosmetic skins and upgrades that I'll still find myself checking the shop, you know, every at least a couple times a week just to see what's new. And there's been so many times where I'm like, wow, they've stepped up the game significantly if you look at what what was there a year ago in terms of cosmetics to where they're at now 
Um, so, I mean, it's, it's no, no doubt that they're still making a ton of money on the Fortnite side. They just need Absolutely. to figure that out on the Apex side because I feel like the gameplay and the mechanics and the balance and the characters and the movement and, you know, everything's there for the game itself. But if they want to have long-term success and, and really sustainability, they need to have a better cosmetic system and are honestly a better battle pass, if I can be honest. I, I feel like I bought the battle pass just because I knew that, you know, this is the first season. This is a, a game that just has a lot of hype right now. But if I really took a step back and just evaluated what actually came out of the battle pass and also found out how long it takes to level up, I probably would not have actually purchased the battle pass looking back. Yeah, the leveling up's pretty grindy, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, because there's nothing that I'm looking super forward to or like really trying to unlock, um, it's kind of just like a bonus for playing yeah. as much as I do. Yeah. I'm at level like 45 on it. Already? Are you really? Holy yeah, so shit! Like, Damn, it's kind of just come organically through from playing. Yeah, you know, a lot. Yeah, uh, I I do like the character bonuses they have. That's good incentive to kind of play the different heroes on there or the legends rather. Yeah, um, and I saw they just updated too with the latest patch. If you get top five in a match, you get basically one battle pass tier uh, awarded to you. So that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of like a bonus XP week or a weekend type thing yeah it's, it's only for a couple of days from what i understand but oh okay well yeah damn <laughs> that's too bad uh, but they said there's going to be other opportunities through the lifespan of the battle pass too. Mm -hmm. um like make bigger progress jumps mm -hmm. um but anyways all said i'm enjoying it i think the the gameplay is really fantastic and since i'm not pro level yet i still like find improvement you mm -hmm. know um mm -hmm. and it's still like challenging and fun yeah. so um i i know a few like pros that i've i watch stream and stuff they're like ah it's just kind of like i figured out the game and like i'm so good at it it's kind of boring now yeah um which i'm glad i don't have that problem <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the one of the benefits to being a scrub yeah right <laughs> Well, uh, that's awesome, man. I've, uh, I'm still looking forward to, to what happens with Apex. I think it is, it's an incredible game for sure. They've, they've done some really nice changes to the battle Royale framework and, and kind of what to expect out of that type of gameplay. They've, they've reinvented a few different things. So, um, I'm hoping that they have continued success and also that they have, uh, some competition from Fortnite to really push that forward because those are, those are still the two biggest games out there in terms of battle royales right now it seems like uh nothing's really come from the uh battlefield ro battle royale that dropped the uh, firestorm seems like yeah, that has gotten almost no of, press kind of a bust yeah um, um and then it seems like blackout kind of got a bit of a surge with the the new map they put in but i mean besides that i haven't heard very much from that in a while um and then of course PUBG just seems like it's still consistently uh, like number three overall, but it you know it's so far behind these two. It now. still is what it is. Like yeah. it, it kind of never made a big push like the other ones did. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously it was the first that really sort of pop, excuse me, popularized it. But right, I feel like once it hit that, like it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't really launch into the stratosphere mm -hmm. after Fortnite came through. Yeah, they got they got their their lunch fed to them and then they never really got back up and yeah. started a fight. So 
we'll see what happens but uh we'll let's let's move into our feature discussion so the nintendo switch continues to be the destination for great indie game experiences and 2019 has been no exception so far we've gotten games like wargroove ape out and baba is you to kick off this year with plenty of other great games on the horizon today i wanted to preview three upcoming nindies that are going to be out over the next couple weeks let's start with the big one cuphead Studio MDHR are finally bringing the popular action game to Nintendo Switch. For those unfamiliar with Cuphead, it is a game that was initially prototyped almost 20 years ago by brothers Chad and Jared Moldenhauer, but was not completed due to technical limitations at the time. They began working on the game again after playing through Super Meat Boy in 2010, and an early version of the game was first revealed in 2014 to much praise. Cuphead finally released on PC and Xbox One in September 2017, with a release on Mac OS about a year later. The Nintendo Switch is the first console the game will be appearing on besides Xbox One, which is incredibly exciting. The game's description reads, Cuphead is a classic run-and-gun action game heavily focused on boss battles. Inspired by cartoons of the 1930s, the visuals and audio are painstakingly created with the same techniques of the era, i.e. traditional hand-drawn cell animation, watercolor backgrounds, and original jazz recordings. Play as Cuphead or Mugman in a single-player or local co-op as you traverse strange worlds, acquire new weapons, learn powerful super moves, and discover hidden secrets while you try to pay your debt back to the devil. So Austin, you've played through and completed Cuphead back when it released on Xbox One. What makes this game so incredibly special and why should people be excited about it coming to Switch? Uh, well, first, um, let me just say that way back when it was kind of first revealed in 2014, um, I was instantly like super excited for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most beautiful and, and just different looking games that we've gotten ever, like that I can even think of, like the art style is inc- incredible. Um, and just the, the type of, fighting mechanics um is something that's just not really you don't see much these days Mm so um when i first like saw the um like announcement trailer for it i guess um i instantly went and followed the subreddit um and kind of just it was my most anticipated game for like three years (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah it, it, I don't know. It just looked like something really special, and I was really excited about it. So, um, when it finally came out um, for only twenty bucks, even at launch, it was only twenty bucks. Uh, wow! I, I felt like it was a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, picked it up and just got right into it. Um, again, the art style is unlike anything I've ever played before, um, and it just just how beautiful it is. Yeah, and how challenging it is um, just kept me like coming back. Um, a lot of people referred to it as uh, kind of the two D Dark Souls when it first came out yeah. because of the the challenge aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I did, I don't know if I would go that far anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's just because I beat it, but I've never beat a Dark Souls game. But yeah, yeah, um, it definitely has some of those pull your hair out moments. But again, like when you finally trump that level, uh, there's such a wave of euphoria and and excitement that you finally bested that challenge. Oh, okay. um, 
and there's no lack of content in it either for 20 bucks like not only the difficulty but the number of levels you get to play through um it's well worth the money uh, that's awesome and it's an experience unlike any i've had in gaming yeah and i uh, i came over and played it with you for a bit one day just because mm-hmm. i had been i had been also equally excited for cuphead but not being an xbox one owner and not necessarily wanting to play it on pc i kind of just waited and watched from a distance and uh and envied everybody that was playing the game uh so finally getting my hands on and playing through uh the first couple bosses i think uh it was it was very unique experience for sure i like that they have um platforming levels that you go through that are um not not terribly difficult to be honest they were they were more just kind of like in between the boss fights but it was cool to see a different style of gameplay as you're kind of progressing through a level and then after you know moving around the overworld map finding out you're going to be fighting a boss and then going in there and and trying to figure out the boss mechanics was um honestly very very uh challenging but also very fun at the same time uh i i love if you've seen any videos of this game um you'll see you'll notice all, all the bosses have um just like old school games they've got some sort of a tell that you have to kind of figure out as you're playing and part of the challenge is is figuring out when they are open for attack um and when to get in there and, and strike um so it's it's very very fun and the uh the soundtrack is uh is one thing that really drew me in too they've got that 1930s era jazz music which is uh stunning they've got uh, apparently each level has multiple iterations of the same song uh so that when you're replaying the game you're never actually hearing the same exact song that you that you've heard you know on a previous playthrough which is uh very interesting that they that they went that far in um with like 80 plus songs or something crazy yeah um like you said there are the kind of more traditional sort of platforming or run and gun style levels as they call mm-hmm. them um and and then there's boss fights the boss fights definitely make up the majority of the game um and as you said the the bosses all have kind of different tells um to let you know when it's safe to attack or like you know how they're gonna telegraph their their attacks mm-hmm. um but what's really cool is not only are there different phases of each boss fight, so like they you, they change their attacks like for the, all the different phases, but the phases can kind of there's pretty much always like a first, second, third phase type um, layout. Yeah. But the different like attacks that they'll do in each phase can be time different or um, a little bit you know, different pattern each time. So it's not like a simple memorization. And then, you know, you just try and do the same thing every single time you go in there. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's different each time. And, um, I think that's kind of what lends to some of the challenge, um, is you can't just be like, Oh yeah, he's going to, you know, drop this bomb in this section, like right at this timing. And you can't just like kind of route it out. It's, it's fresh and different every time sort Mm -hmm. of. Mm-hmm. So, um, the good part of that is, you know, it keeps you on your toes. Uh, the bad part is sometimes you just get bad RNG on like those bullet hell levels Yeah, and there's like almost no way to not take a hit. Uh, mm-hmm. but then again, like when you get lucky, it, it feels good and I don't know, it's, it's excellent. Um, I'm actually in the middle of, well, 
not in the middle. I put it down for a while, but I'm at 120% in the game. Uh, after Jeez. you do the, you know, regular playthrough, there's simple, regular, and expert mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I started on regular. I didn't go to simple. Um, yeah. But on expert mode, the enemy not only has more health, but they also have um, kind of a switch up in their attacks. Mm. Uh, so uh, some of them have a different phase somewhere in there. Some of them, um, like it, like if there's a moving segment to it, like it plays out backwards. Oh wow! Uh, and so there's an, a whole extra level of difficulty to it, obviously, as right. implied by the name of it. But <laughs> um, the there's that, and then after you beat it on expert, there's a another challenge where you can try to get a S rank on every level, Damn. Um, which basically means you beat it on expert without taking any damage. Oh my gosh. Uh, as well as performing a couple other extra little bits in each boss fight. Yeah. Um, and then for the running gun levels, instead of having an extra difficulty, the kind of S rank for that is actually called a P rank, which is for pacifist. Which means you go through the enti- entire running gun level without shooting any enemies. So Whoa. you have to dodge everything. Yeah. Uh, and get to the end. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know for sure if it's without taking a hit. I think it's just without, uh, without killing anything. Yeah. So. Um, Holy shit! That, so there's like a whole nother level of challenge if you yeah. want. It. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's why it's like the value's there, especially mm-hmm. if you like playing through the first time and you really enjoy the challenge, you can kind of one up it, uh, and go for unlocking all those achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I left off, but, uh, those, those S and P ranks on, on the different levels are pretty challenging. That's what I'm yeah. working through. That's already beat like everything it. on expert, but the S and P ranks are no joke. You got your work cut out for you on switch then. Yeah, um, kind of one of the big things, and the reason I haven't been playing it much uh, is because when I get home again, I'm dedicated to BRs mostly. But right. mm-hmm. um, reason I'm most excited about it coming to Switch is I get to take it with me to work, play on my mm-hmm. lunch breaks, play on vacation or whatever. Like for sure, yeah, and the co-op aspect too. So the game's got co-op built in, uh, which we played through when uh, when I came over to your house and played through a bit of Cuphead. We did try some of the co-op. Um, uh, it was, it was okay. It was definitely something that I feel if I was a little bit better at the game and had a better idea of like the boss fights, it might've been a little yeah. bit more effective, but, um, how, are you excited for the idea of co-op on the go with Nintendo switch? Yeah. What's really cool is, um, when you go in and play with a friend, uh, you have, it's the same fight. But again, the boss has more health because there's twice as much damage being put out. Yeah, uh, which can you know feel pretty challenging. But um, what's cool is if you when you run out of like hit points or like life, um, your second player's kind of character turns into this little ghost, which you can jump and parry to get them back in. So um, like if you're playing with a friend and they're not doing so well, you can get them back in by doing a little parry on their ghost. Mm-hmm. And get an extra hit point back for them. Um, so, I, I guess 
potentially they have infinite health, but you have to time those parries right. But yeah, I think it's a good way for a kind of a new player to maybe start, even though there's more mm-hmm. stuff going on on the screen with the second player. But yeah, um, I'm excited about it. I think because the control scheme's pretty straightforward, it works perfect for the Joy Cons. Um, yeah, you know, prop it up. Each player takes a Joy Con. You're in the yeah, game. It's perfect. Um, and it's it, it it you're not really missing anything. You yeah. have like three buttons that you would press and mm-hmm. and your joystick. So I don't know. Sweet. I think it's gonna be great. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Cuphead launches uh, on April 18th on the Nintendo Switch eShop for $19.99. So that is tomorrow if you're getting this on the Patreon feed. And it is uh, already out if you're listening on free feed. So jump in there and play some Cuphead. Uh, The second game that I want to preview that's coming out is one that was revealed during GDC a few weeks back. And that is Katana Zero. The game's description reads, Katana Zero is a fast-paced neo-noir action platformer focusing on tight instant death acrobatic combat and a dark 80s neon aesthetic. Aided with your trusty katana, the time manipulation drug Kronos, and the rest of your assassin's arsenal, fight your way through a fractured city and take back what's rightfully yours. After watching a few trailers and some initial gameplay footage, this game has me genuinely excited. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, man, this game looks awesome. Um, When I watched the first little uh, sort of trailer slash interview with the um creator um i was like ah it looks like just another one of these kind of pixel art mm-hmm. um roguelite type games that are a dime a dozen these days on the switch yeah um i usually don't go out for those games at all mm-hmm. uh, for, for whatever reason it just doesn't draw me in but um after seeing a little bit more of the gameplay and actually hearing like what it's about uh i'm all in mm-hmm. um it's actually very like story driven um all the levels and stages are um built with purpose like they're mm-hmm. they're an actual like you know there's a layout it's not procedurally generated or anything like that yeah um, there's a narrative nice. and mm-hmm. each level kind of going into the next has a different element and a different piece of gameplay or ability or something that you are challenged with. Um, so it introduces mechanics along the way to keep you engaged and excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems really cool. Uh, and after, after that initial thought of the, you know, pixel art, um, it actually does look really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it switches it up again throughout the stages, like the, the, scenery changes quite a bit mm-hmm. level to level um at least from the you know the trailers and stuff i've watched it looks yeah. like it's going to be great yeah i'm i'm stoked for it man the uh the developer said that he was inspired by the movie drive uh not necessarily the movie itself but the the poster for it so that's where a lot of the the neon blue and the pink and purple elements come from it was actually from that poster for drive which is kind of cool uh, but yeah, I think it looks beautiful. It's got a really nice 80s style, like outrun synthwave aesthetic, which is like right up my alley. The music's like very right, right up there too. Um, but re- what really looks interesting about this game is it's one of those, uh, instant respawn type games like Celeste or super meat boy. So, uh, as you move through each, they're like single screens of, uh, of combat that you're going through. Um, it's, it's very unique because 
all enemies die in one hit, but you also die in one hit. So there's this like risk reward mechanic of just like running through there and getting uh, all the enemies down as quickly as possible. But if you get hit, it goes into this like rewind mechanic where the time actually rewinds back like you're rewinding a VHS tape and then you go back to the beginning of that that area. So um, and it's super quick. So it it's gives you that you don't feel super frustrated when you die. You know, you respawn immediately, jump back in there, you know where you made the mistake and you can try again. So um, certain levels look like they have kind of a stealth mechanic to uh, to them as well. They, they went early on in the game. It looks like you going through um, like a, a, a nightclub to assassinate this DJ and they're moving through and, and there's different guards that are kind of walking back and forth and they can't hear because of the music. So you can kind of blend in with the crowd and dance while they walk by and then run by them until you can sneak in and, and get to the DJ, which I thought was pretty cool. And then on your way down, the music stops. So everyone's fully aware of what's happening. And then you're just trying to bust out of there as quickly as possible, which looks very cool. Um, but yeah, what's interesting too about this, as you mentioned, is the story mechanics. So it does look like there's this uh, underlying story that's going on in between these, these different vignette levels. There's these like therapy appointments that you have and uh, they look really ominous. They're like very very weird um and in one of the trailers you see the girl that's sitting there she's like just give me my medicine i just just give me the medicine so the doctor gets up and like injects her with some sort of a serum which sounds like is this uh, time manipulation drug called chronos which uh factors into a lot of the gameplay so yeah looks looks really interesting i like that like all the levels are kind of built around that whole vhs and like security footage uh Mm -hmm type thing it makes sense for the you know rewinding to redo the level yeah what's also cool is like after you beat that um i don't know that screen of combat Mm -hmm. it shows you a replay of what you did i imagine some of these uh you know fights can kind of be like like a quick reflex or something like that and you might sort of miss what you did yeah and so it like shows you a replay of it um and you can keep replaying like how you cleared that level um, to yeah. kind of get a, you know, a snapshot of what just happened in that chaos. Right. Yeah, and it shows um, it in slow mo, which is cool. Yeah, uh, and then in another interview with the developer, um, by the way, this was all designed and coded, and as far as I know, the art was all done by one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Justin Stander, and this is, I believe, his first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, props to him on this. Props to him. Yeah, it yeah. looks great. Um, anyway, in one of the interviews with him, he said that the that Kronos, the drug that lets you kind of manipulate time or, or slow down time, sort of bullet time mode, mm-hmm. um, kind of starts having an effect on your, your character uh, mm-hmm. and his mental health and, like, well-being. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it sounds like later on in the game it might get a little bit more trippy and kind of kind of weird um and, and the whole like discussions with the therapist play into that yeah um oh, he also said awesome. this the game is kind of it came from inspiration of a bunch of old 80s movies as well as drive um mm-hmm. but he said like it's kind of the movie he always wished existed uh, mm-hmm. but wasn't ever made and then he spun it into a video game so oh that's rad very narrative and and story driven uh even though it's kind of like this 2D slasher yeah uh, you know fast paced game there's 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 a lot of heart and story in it so i i mm-hmm. i really look forward to it 
Yeah, it, it's definitely a game that I think you have to give that second look to really understand. Because the first time I saw the, uh, the the preview for it during the Nindies uh, event, I was like, okay, you know, this looks like you said, it looks like another generic 2D game. Cool. There's some there's some rewind mechanics, but as I dove deeper into it and and got a better idea of what's actually coming from this game, I was like, I'm all in. This looks wonderful. So yeah. I uh, can't wait to jump in. So Katana Zero launches April 18th as well, which is uh, tomorrow for those of you on Patreon and already out for those of you catching this on Friday on the free feed. And that is going to be available on the eShop for Nintendo Switch as well as PC for $14.99. So that's Katana Zero. Uh, the final game I want to preview is one that immediately caught my eye when it was announced back in January during the Nintendo UK's Indie Highlights stream, and that is SteamWorld Quest the Hand of Gilgamesh. And this is, of course, the fifth major entry in the SteamWorld series from developers Image and Form. The series began in 2010 with SteamWorld Tower Defense, which was a DSiWare game that debuted on the Nintendo DS. They followed that up with SteamWorld Dig, a 2D procedurally generated mining exploration game that had Metroidvania elements. That was in 2013. Uh, 2015 saw the release of SteamWorld Heist, a tactical strategy game that felt like a 2D XCOM uh, I actually just finished playing this one recently, this week actually. Uh, very, very good game. Uh, very different from the SteamWorld Dig games too, which I had, uh, that was my first foray into the franchise. Uh, most recently, they released the first true sequel to any of the SteamWorld games with SteamWorld Dig 2 in 2017, which was, um, if you recall, one of my favorite games of that year, in a year that had Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and uh, Mario Odyssey. SteamWorld Dig 2 was one of my favorite games of that year. Uh, instead of procedurally generated levels, they opted for a handcrafted approach and more of an emphasis on upgrades and progression. Felt like more a, a traditional Metroidvania game in that sense. So now with SteamWorld Quest, the Hand of Gilgamesh looks to push the series forward into uncharted territory, a card-based RPG. So the game's description reads, SteamWorld Quest is the role-playing card game you've been waiting for. Lead a party of heroes through a hand-drawn world and build your own deck of cards in order to stop an ancient menace. In this creative role-playing game, you will lead a party of aspiring heroes through a hand-drawn world and intense battles using only your wits and a handful of cards. Take on whatever threat comes your way by crafting your own deck, choosing from over 100 unique punch cards. What awaits you is a luscious treasure chest filled with gold, dragons, vivid worlds, magic knights and shining armor, as well as XP, turn-based battles, and all that good RPG stuff. The game's humorous mix of traditional fantasy and steampunk robots makes for an unforgettable experience with lots of laughs. Uh, Austin, after checking out some preview coverage of this one, what are your thoughts? Uh, again, um, maybe I don't know if I'm jaded or I just like a certain type of game, but when I first saw like the first minute of this trailer, uh, mm -hmm. it didn't really seem like anything I would care <laughs> for. Yeah, I mean, it did look good. Um, like the hand-drawn uh, sprites, all mm -hmm. that that 2D stuff, like it's it's beautiful for sure. Yeah, um, looks really cool in that aspect. But I was like, ah, this just doesn't seem like my my type of game. Right. Uh, and then we started seeing some of the battle mechanics, um, which is very uh, card based. It's like mm -hmm. a, a Magic: The Gathering or Hearthstone type deal. Yeah, uh, to an extent and that's when it kind of piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. um, traditional RPGs, um, I guess, just aren't 
sort of my my thing that turn-based rpg doesn't really get my gears going but the yeah. for whatever reason throwing that card mechanic in um really you know made me take a second look yeah uh, i think some of the um way those battles will pan out and seeing some of the different types of cards that are available for the different uh like classes or heroes or however they handle that in there is going to be mm-hmm. pretty cool mm-hmm. um definitely interested yeah yeah, I think uh, I I must say, SteamWorld the, as a series is one that's vastly underrated. This is honestly every game I've played from them, uh, which is three now: SteamWorld, Dig, Heist, and Dig Two, are honestly some of the best just contained experience I've I've had in gaming. Most of them range from about eight to ten hours, so they're they're usually pretty short games to play through. They okay. don't they don't take a lot of time to get into and understand the mechanics. Um, but they're so, so good. They, they just, each one executes perfectly on what they're trying to accomplish. Like there's no fluff. It's just like right in there, gameplay first and, and hyper-focused on that. Um, and dig two is honestly one of the best games I've played just in recent memory. Uh, a game that I think just did not get the attention it deserves. So I think that this might be the game that really brings that brand to light and, and brings it into the mainstream. They've got a lot of, of press from the indie events and Nintendo's been promoting this pretty heavily as well. So I really do hope that this is like their breakthrough um, hit and then people can go back and explore some of those earlier games because they're they're fantastic experiences. Um, but yeah, this game looks perfect for me. I'm a big fan of RPGs. I actually still do like turn-based RPGs as well, like more JRPG style. So this already, I was like, sure, I'm in. I like the, I like the brand. I like SteamWorld. Um, they're, they're always very silly, well-written games. Uh, I know that there's always quality behind them too. So I'm not worried about this game being like light on content. Um, and I'm a big fan of card games. I I know, uh, I was into Hearthstone for a very long time, probably four years and, and just recently stopped playing it. Uh, so this, this looks like a perfect match for me. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little curious to see how the story turns out in this because RPGs tend to be very story driven games and really heavily focused on that. And traditionally the steam world games have had an underlying story, but the gameplay has really been the main focus and they've had kind of a backseat approach when it comes to the story itself. Um, they've all been kind of generic. So I hope this one is uh, interesting. Yeah. From the other few videos and like articles I read about this game, it seems like, um, story is definitely more of a focus this Mm. time around. That's good. Um, I am not familiar uh with any of the previous steam world games um yeah which i mean you're you must be right that they're super underrated because i even if i'm not super into all all the games that come out i usually know what's right right um and somehow these totally flew under my radar but um yeah i think it's really cool just as a concept i guess is that the company kind of has this steam world Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the games are pretty different from each other. Yeah. Um, they're not just like cranking out sequels for sequels sake and like keeping the same, uh, kind of concept for every game. Um, yeah. I like, I like that idea and I like that sort of brand building or like world building and mm-hmm. having it be a unique experience each time. I might have to go back and check them all out. Yeah, dude. If I if I can make a recommendation, I would jump just right into Dig Two. It it is a sequel to the first game, but 
there's there's like no like I was saying there's really no story like that to get invested in so jumping into dig two is like that's perfectly fine um but yeah what's cool switch? yeah it is on switch okay. um damn and they just had a sale on all the steam world games like uh about a month ago that's when I picked up heist for six bucks yeah they're they're generally pretty cheap games which is nice um I think you can get dig one for like 299 at times and then mm-hmm. dig two I I saw on sale for like 10 bucks so I'll have to um, keep an eye out for yeah man keep an eye out for them they're they're super worthwhile uh but but yeah they're it's nice that they're they're all it's kind of like an anthology series none of the characters cross over um at least that i've seen uh they, they kind of just have that they all take place in the same universe if you will but mm-hmm. nothing's actually needed to be played in any specific order for the most part so who knows maybe they'll introduce some characters in this one that were in previous games that'd be kind of a cool little like nod to the previous titles but I, I don't expect it. It seems like this is its own thing. And Maybe like you're an saying, or two somewhere in there. Yeah, I could see them throwing in just, you know, one of the main dig characters or something would be kind of cool to see. Uh, but <clears throat> overall, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's very cool to see a company exploring so many different genres, like vastly different genres from each other. If you look at the three main titles that they've had, and if you throw in the tower defense game that they started with too, I mean, that's four really different games that have all been very good. Like all of them have been solid. Pretty um, distinct, different categories. Yes, like, very different. Not much crossover as far mm-hmm. as like gameplay mechanics or anything. Yeah, like. I mean, the only thing they have in common is that they're all 2D. They're all on yeah. like a 2D plane. But yeah, I mean, very, very different. Um, I'm I'm interested to see a lot of the variety that they have in the cards. So they said there's going to be over 100 cards, which is a pretty sizable amount. Um, and some of the combat videos that they've shown off looks really interesting. They've got magic based cards. There's attack based cards. Um, there's the, like the deck building mechanic where you can kind of pre-assemble the deck and then, you know, you get basically randomly dealt six cards and you can manipulate the battle with those cards and then draw cards each turn. Uh, and they showed an interesting strategy where you can basically play a series of cards from the same class and you get some sort of a bonus. So, there's, it looks like there is going to be a deeper strategy than really just drawing a random set of cards and like picking attacks in a random order. Like I, I almost thought, okay, this is cool, but is it just going to be like, I basically am playing through RNG based battles effectively, you know, just hopefully I get the certain cards that I need, but I guess there's really powerful cards. And then there's cards that are kind of filler or throwaway but you can't just stack your deck with the good cards. It sounds like you have to have a balance of these two types of cards because you have this uh, this like meter that's building up throughout the battle. And, it, and to use the really powerful cards, it's got to be fully charged. So in order to get it there, you have to play these kind of these bad cards, if you will. So it looks interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I do like tinkering and building decks and uh, in other card games. So I'm very excited to to jump into SteamWorld Quest. <clears throat> Yeah, I agree. I think it looks cool. I like the deck building aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do like that sort of steam power um, mechanic. So, Mm -hmm. again, you can't just like have this OP deck uh, and just (laughs) steamroll everybody. Steamroll everybody. Pun pun intended. (laughs) Uh, That was good. Anyway, uh, I look forward to it. I'll definitely give this one a shot, too. Yeah, so SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh launches exclusively on the Nintendo Switch eShop on April 25th for 
So besides these games that we previewed today, there are still a ton of exciting games coming out this month for Nintendo Switch or have already come out. Some examples being Darksiders War Mastered Edition, which is out now for $29.99. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, also out now for $29.99. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy is out now for $29.99. And the Nintendo Labo VR kits are also available now. They have a starter kit, which is $29.99, that comes with just the uh, VR cardboard headset and the blaster kit. And they have the full VR kit for $79.99 that has all of the experiences in there. That's out now. Uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster available now for $49.99. And then upcoming games, we have Mortal Kombat 11 right around the corner, April 23rd, which will be uh, full price, $59.99. And Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen coming on April 23rd as well. Uh, that one's going to be $29.99. Uh, Box Boy and Box Girl, which they showed off during the uh, the last Nindy Spring event, that's going to be uh, April 26th for $9.99. And then to wrap up the month, we're getting Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, on April 30th for $49.99. So, Austin, I want to thank you for joining me today to preview some exciting indie games that are coming very soon to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, where can folks find you online? I'm glad you asked. Uh, I just changed pretty much all my gamer tags and social media to be in line uh, with my Twitch channel, which I'm really trying to get to take off, um, which is Austin La Vista TV. Um, so Twitter and Twitch are both Austin La Vista TV. And then um, Instagram's just Austin La Vista. And then on PlayStation Xbox, also Austin La Vista TV. Awesome. Definitely go check out Austin's channel. He's been streaming a lot of Apex Legends, getting those dubs. Show the man some support. Let's get him to a, what's the first level? Affiliate. Affiliate. I'm getting pretty close. I mainly just need to raise that viewer count. So as many people I can, as many butts as I can get in the seat uh, whenever I'm streaming. Fill up those seats for my boy. That's the goal. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again. And once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYE Podcast on Twitter or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next show. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast service you consume the show on, and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists. Elementalists.